You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Friends, fans, and foes, it's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling, and I'm your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And what a podcast we have today for you, a very special episode, but before we get to that, you know what you gotta do, you gotta hit us up on all those social media outlets, you gotta hit us up on the email, on the Gmail, on the she, 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 fee, he mail. No, just, I'm sorry. No rapping this week. Just Gmail. Hit us up on the Gmail at tagandwrestling at gmail.com. Uh, why not uh, check us out on Spotify? Put us on a list, on a playlist. Uh, give us a follow. Listen to us there. Uh, and why not go give Casey Corbin a try? I got three albums out there for comedy lovers. Hey, folks. Uh, if you're on Facebook, you can check us out at Talking Wrestling on Facebook. Uh, if you're on Twitter, we are at TNWPod. Give us a tweet. Give us a shout-out. And also, if you're on Instagram, uh, we're at Talking Wrestling Podcast on the Instagram. So there we have it. Those are all our places. Oh, we are also on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. If you give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we will find you. We will track you down. And we will um, do our best to get you a postcard uh, from the uh, 1983 Wrestler postcard book. So uh, lots of great ones left. Uh, Folks, thank you. uh, Thank you. Thank you for all the people that have made comments, that have went and have reviewed and started like that. I was just looking at some reviews and for some reason... On the Canadian Netflix, no, the, I mean the Canadian iTunes, half of my reviews have been eliminated. I don't know where they went, but I used to have like 15 reviews, and now there's only 8. However, on the American iTunes, I still have 15 reviews there. Thank you very kindly to everyone who has helped grow the show and uh, made it um, the success it is today. Uh, I'm very lucky because I get to talk wrestling with some of the coolest people and some of my bestest friends and some of my heroes and uh the gentleman today uh this is a very special episode last week uh we kind of it was the death anniversary of the passing of owen hart and uh we talked about um the dark side of the ring and uh we have a guest this week he's a comedian buddy of mine i've known him for over 20 years one of my best friends in the whole world, and uh, he's got a story about uh, that starts from when he was five years old and how he became Owen Hart's number one fan. And this story is about a relationship between a child and uh, his favorite wrestler, Owen Hart, and how it evolved. And uh, I thought this would be a great way to celebrate Owen Hart is to have uh, somebody who at one time was Owen Hart's number one fan and uh, and uh, and he's going to share his stories about uh, being with Owen 
uh, today on the show. So with that said, uh, Matt Billen is on the line right now, and we are going to join him on the line. So take it away, boys. All right, folks. With me at this time, as promised last week, during the K. Trevor interview with uh, Squirrely Dan from Letterkenny, uh, we said that this week we had a special episode uh, involving one of my best friends who uh, was supposed to be, it's been three years trying to track this guy down. We've actually done one attempt to, uh, to record this podcast before and failed miserably. And now we are here at this time in quarantine, more than six feet apart. Um, I'm here with one of my best friends in the whole world, Matt Billen. Matt Billen. Comedian, hey. comedian Matt Billen. Hey, uh, I think we're actually uh, six provinces apart. Six provinces apart, and not just comedian, but um, a uh, YouTube host, YouTube uh, conspiracy theory show host, host of GTOH show, the GTOH, <laughs> the GTOFH show, yeah. <laughs> which stands for Get the Fuck Out of Here. So. And that's the perfect name for a show because some of your conspiracies, when you when you talk about them and you hear them, you you hear some of the information and you think, "Get the fuck out of here," or maybe you're, "Get the fuck out of here," you know. Uh, it's the perfect name for a conspiracy show, or it's "Get the fuck out of here," you know. It's uh, it works all ways. Like if you try to do a conspiracy now on COVID. I think your numbers would be 50-50. A lot of people would think, get the fuck out of here. I've been thinking that for for a couple months now. And then other oh, people yeah. would be like, get the fuck out of here. You know, like. Yeah. And that would be YouTube. YouTube would say, get the fuck out of here. YouTube. You not getting hits. YouTube would take your whole show down. <laughs> yeah. They're like, this is weird. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, you can't even cry conspiracy on that. You know? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but how is how crazy are you? world we live in? It nice is to be a crazy. Here, world. Thanks for having me, buddy. Hey, you know what? Uh, this is next best thing to the real thing, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, cheapers. Uh, we uh, we have a hell of a history, folks. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we go, we go here. Well, are, so, are we ever going to release the uh, the uh, the lost tapes of Jake the Snake Roberts? That so. We tried to do this show before, folks. We tried to do it um, after a night of pl- after a night of comedy uh, fanfare. Not, not not just any comedy. Well, okay. So yeah, <laughs> we're working with Norm Macdonald in Calgary, so we're we're doing comedy and not only all of the night, all of the night, two shows, uh, multiple shows, all the fanfare that goes along with that, and then we play poker. All through the late night into the wee hours of the morning, and then we go back to your room and we <laughs> ask Norm questions about Saturday Night Live for an hour, and then at six in the morning, Norm leaves, and uh, we decide to start the podcast. Oh yeah, we were in no shape to do any sort of podcast. Well, I definitely wasn't. I no, don't know about you. No, you you were a mess. I've listened <laughs> to it. And the best is our buddy Brad is also in the room and he's like your hype man. 
He's like, man, he's like, are you ready for a story? And Brad's like, oh, you get ready for this story. I'm like, why Why are you saying that? Like, I know what the story well, is. Well, the whole time, I, I thought you were joking. I thought you were loving it. No. Um, but I realized, no, you were getting very annoyed. I was trying. I was getting so annoyed. So annoyed. We got to release it. Eventually, we'll release it. But we had to get the audience to know who Matt Billen is first. Now, if you've listened to the We Watch Wrestling podcast, you might have heard Matt Billen on that show. However, this is Talking Wrestling. It is another show. It's kind of a spinoff. But uh, you are here now. And uh, so let's get to it. When did you yeah. start watching wrestling? And tell me what uh, got you into wrestling and uh, why do you like wrestling? Well, excuse me. I, let me see. I started watching wrestling when I was probably about five, back in the 80s. Um, Stampede Wrestling used to be on every Saturday. Um, during the day, actually, which is weird, like at noon. We, we, yeah, because it would have uh, been on later for, well, actually, we didn't even get it when you were a kid. So I didn't get it much years later until TSN, but... Where where are you from originally? Where were you living at the time? Oh, uh, this is up in BC. Okay. So in BC, uh, we would get the. I think it would it must tape on Friday maybe, in mm-hmm. Calgary, yep. and then we would get the airing the next day. Awesome. Um, yeah, that was like back in like, uh, you know, Jason the Terrible and Lisa Larry Cameron and Chris the Bulldog. Uh, yeah, yeah, the British Bulldogs uh, by then. Johnny, were, uh, Johnny Smith was also there at that time. Oh, Johnny Smith. Uh, Muckasang. Yeah, yeah. Muckasang, yeah, absolutely. The, the Bad um, Company. Tiger, Bad Company. Bruce Hart yeah. and Brian Pillman. Oh, of course. Oh, well, yeah. I was, listening to Jericho, I was listening to Jericho the other day. He was saying uh, he never could understand why on Bad Company, Brian Pillman looked so much better and was such a better wrestler. But the hot tag always went to Bruce. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see Bruce in there. Uh, yeah. Well, Bruce would just get taken like a rag doll for like the whole match. And then right at the end, he would come back. Yeah. Every single time. Sell, 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 right? Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Then, so, then so his last name would kick in. Yeah. So you're, so you're, <laughs> you're very young. <laughs> his last name kicks in. Exactly. <laughs> Kick heart the start. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, I watched wrestling. Huge fan. <laughs> Excuse me. Started out, uh, <laughs> and then uh, my brothers, uh, they were all big fans of it. My dad grew up in Calgary, and uh, one summer he just had an idea was uh, was to reach out. He grew up. Uh, his first job was at uh, working for for um, Stampede Wrestling for the Hart family. Uh, he's selling programs, and so he knew the Hart family growing up as a kid. And, so my dad had a had an idea to reach out to Stu and see if he was interested in bringing Stampede Wrestling to BC because it had only really toured Alberta and Saskatchewan at that point. Yeah, and uh, so he started promoting uh, Stampede Wrestling. So my brothers and I got a little bit more hands on. Like we would help pick the intro music for the wrestlers when they would come through Prince George, and uh, we got to meet them all. You know, after every match, and yeah, just really lucky that way. And, so then I became a huge Owen Hart fan. Like that was just from the moment I saw him. I mean, he comes out, does a backflip off the top ropes, and he's just so high flying and fun to watch. And you know, he's young at that point, and I just identified with him. And yeah, he was my favorite wrestler from 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 go. And 
So I, I had a bit of history with him. Like um, I'd met him a few times and, uh, and got, actually got his birthday. My dad asked him for me what his birthday was. I would call him on his birthday, call him on, at Christmas time. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, like he was just so cool. Cause I, you know, I was doing the math and like, he would have been only about 19, 20. Yeah. He was about 20 years old when that was going on. So to him, he was a new, you know, he was like a new comic similar. And yeah. so to have a fan was just amazing. And he just, yeah, he would call me his best fan. Um, Owen Hart's number and, one fan right here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Even so much that at the time I, I had joined uh, uh, Owen Hart fan club and it was out of Pittsburgh. Out of Pittsburgh. And, yeah. Of all places. And, uh, I've only, uh, like, you know, those wrestling magazines back in the day. Yeah. Like PWI. Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Yeah, it was out of those, and I had I had every prescription, I had every uh, subscription out there. So, anyways, uh, they, this is how how new I was at, or how quick to being an old heart fan. I only got one package from that club. It was the first and only package from the Owen Hart fan club because I was the only member. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> they actually sent me a package, and were like, due to low, you know, to low subscriptions. <laughs> this will be the only <laughs> package. That's so, best. so you couldn't even buy an own heart T-shirt. I wanted one really bad one here. So my dad went to an artist and had one made for me. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and I actually, uh, I'll send you the picture. You can use it on the link to this if you like. But uh, so with that present, uh, my dad was like, "Oh, you can come come back at spring break." My parents were divorced, and uh, anyways, he was like, "When you come visit at spring break, I'll set it up with Stu." And Helen, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll have lunch down at the Hart House. And you'll get to go show your shirt to Owen. Just, just we'll just so. now, now think about this, kids. We'll just hey, next spring we'll just come out, go have lunch at the Hart House. Like, just think about it that. Crazy. It is crazy. Who says that? It was crazy. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is my, I was the youngest in the family, so. And my dad only allowed me to go with, you know, so my brother, Chris, and my stepbrother, Kelly, you know, like, they're just pissed. Like, they just, I mean, they they understood, but it was kind of funny to be like, all right, see you guys. I'm going down to see, you know, go down to the Hart House. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was just such, a, you know, it was such a crazy experience. At the time, you know, you don't think it's as big as it is until later in life. I was just like, holy shit. I was in that living room. I had my first cup of coffee was with Stu Hart. Now, how old were you then when Stu Hart gives you coffee? I would have been in about grade three. Grade three, and you're were you cranking out smokes as well? But uh, <laughs> Stu Hart has a legendary history for giving kids coffee. It was so funny. Like, yeah, I did. I said no, and he looked at me like, uh, you know. So, yeah, yeah, he poured me a cup of coffee and. My dad and I laughed. And yeah, we were in that living room where uh, all the uh, and I was taking pictures of everything. Right? And this is back before digital, so I yeah. went through a couple of rolls rolls of film. Like I'm taking pictures of their dogs. They're fucking. <laughs> <laughs> they had a Rottweiler there, and like there was. Uh, you come uh, back. One camera is just thirty cats. <laughs> God, I wish I could find like. You know, that day was such a crazy day. And for you guys as a kid, you know, you don't take care of stuff. But, yeah. yeah. But I still have some of those pictures, but not as many as I would have liked. Um, but so I've been there a few times. 
And then I took you, you know, you, you, you remember uh, you, you, me, and Vince went. That was pretty. Uh, well, that was epic. That pretty was... lucky for it to. That was like the last time before anyone could have seen the actual house before it was completely renoed. You know, come to think of it, like it was totally lucky that in the fact that like they were doing renovations. I just remember, like, first of all, <laughs> there's me, you, and Vince Averill, and or well, Vince and I are at the at the hotel. Vince Averill from We Watch Wrestling, and uh, and you know we it was just the best. You're like I'm taking you guys out to the hard house, and I uh, you know like and uh, you know what like I just like that was like year two with Vince, and uh, so I knew he liked wrestling, and we both loved wrestling. But when I look back to uh, today to that like uh, we didn't know that Vince was going to go on and have a huge successful podcast wrestling podcast. That's right. You know, right. like like he's kind of defined by wrestling now, and you know, to, and 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 the same with me with this podcast. So when you realize that you're, and I remember too, we were looking for the house because you were like taking us on these this back route, and uh, well, because as a kid, I grew up. Every time I would come to Calgary, my dad would always say he would point up at that hill. And yeah, there's a uh, there's a big signal light. Like the planes up and hit the hill, my dad would always say, "At the bottom of that tower is where the heart house is." Yeah, so, and we drove so to that every tower. Every time I would go, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So every time I'd go there, I'm only going off a of memory of like, "Where's that tower?" Yeah. So it's always a bit of a you know scavenger hunt finding it, which is always kind of half the fun. Well, I remember we pulled on. We were driving down these streets, and we pulled onto one street, and the street was Patterson. And I was like, Pat Patterson Boulevard. And <laughs> I felt like that that was the street. And then sure enough, it was the street as we came through the back way. Like we could see the back of the Hart House first and That's all right. the little yeah. houses and all the old cars. And yeah, then, you come down over top of the driveway. Yeah, and then we went down to the front and we parked out front. Yeah. And we saw the pillars, which are cool because it's one is yeah, the Hart family, Athletics. yeah, and the other is what is it? The athletic, what is it? Uh, Foothills Athletics, I think. Yeah, that's what they called the dungeon, Foothill Athletics. Yeah. They make it sound so posh. Oh, it's in that big mansion. It's Foothill Athletics. You'll love it. It's it's beautiful. Yeah, totally. Everything's everything's state of the stretched. art, state of the art, brand new. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you get in these yeah. dumbbells are old and round and they look like from the 20s and oh, yeah. uh, the dungeon like we got there and the dungeon floor was out on the patio like they just yeah. finished taking apart the basement and mind you folks we had no invite we had we didn't know anyone so <laughs> so matt's like all right so uh yeah and matt walks us up the stairs we walk in we take it a left and we walk into the big first room where Matt had coffee with Stu and in, uh, what is it, Shadows. Right, that was so funny. I was showing you, like, hey, this is where the living room was. Yeah. And we go to the dining room. We walked and into the dining room. Came up from the stairs. From yeah. The we walked, like, Can we help you? We walked into the dining room. We're in the kitchen. You were like, all the kitchen products were already in the backyard because everything was stripped. Yeah. And there's wires hanging down. And it was like a fucking restaurant kitchen. You yeah, know, like it was all stainless steel. Everything giant, outside was all stainless yeah. steel, like high-end industrial equipment. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then, Maddie was like, 
all right, uh, here are the stairs down to the dungeon. Let's go down there. And then this guy comes out of nowhere. We're, we don't have work boots. We don't have a hard helmet. Yeah, hard we hat. definitely so don't have a fucking clipboard. And this guy comes out and he goes, hey, who are you guys? Uh, we're, uh, we're friends of the Hart family. Yeah, you guys can't be in here. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. And then we just walked out. And to this day, I regret not taking a couple of boards off of that yes. patio. Remember, we looked at it. I was like, take some. Like, ah. If we would have took some, one one board, we could have cut it up into 20 pieces and sold it online. Yeah. Part of the dungeon floor from the hard house. Well, we wouldn't want to cheapen it. We would give it away as a uh, as a prize to. You know, I think no, we we wouldn't sell it. You're right. We would give it away to friends and wrestling fans. I think. Yeah. I think it would have been like, yeah, it wouldn't have been a cheap thing to, you know, like it wouldn't be cheapened by selling it, but it definitely would have been a cool thing to have. Oh, I think so too, indeed. So then, then that was the the last time uh, the hard house was the hard house. You know, it's still it's still there, and it still looks great. But uh, we were at the very yeah. the very end. I've been back a few times since. Now it's. Uh... Yeah, it was like a show home, basically. Oh, yeah? Like, it looks pretty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like very, uh, I don't know what it is, something to do with the Children's Hospital, I think, or something. I don't know. That's cool. That is actually very yeah. cool. Um, now, yeah. now, tell us a story about when you're, um, when, uh, first of all, Stampede going to Prince George is really cool because I think that was in somebody else's territory, to be honest. But because um, it, it would have been hooked up with the Vancouver Territory, I think, which Stu did not run in. Um, That's right. But uh, so you're in you're in Prince George, and uh, oh, yeah, and, you're, and, and your dad lets you hang out with Owen Hart and tell me what happens. Okay, there. so so this is the yeah first yeah absolutely so first time I meet him, um, and you're right. So that was in Prince George. My dad hadn't moved to Red Deer by that point, so this is before even the T-shirts. Okay. This is why I got the T-shirt. Actually, this goes, you know, this is when I was just starting to become a fan of the ones. Yes. And he was fairly new himself. He was just kind of new on the scene. And uh, so, anyways, uh, it was at the uh, Civic Center in Prince George, and my dad had set it up for my brother and I to go backstage and get to meet Owen. And so I'm so excited. I met all the other wrestlers, and some of them were staying at my dad's house, and so it wasn't necessarily. The fact that it was a wrestler who that was, I was who, in who, awe of. Who, who was staying at your dad's house? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he had Chris Benoit, um, like, uh, Johnny Smith stayed there. Um, I just wanted you to tell the people that Chris Benoit, Benoit stayed yeah, at your house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, go yeah. on, sorry. Um, so anyways, uh, yes, we're backstage getting to meet Owen and... We're so excited, and fuck, I'd even made like you know championship belts out of cardboard, you know, cardboard and all this. And it's my brother and I are back there, and all of a sudden, Bulldog Bob Brown comes around the corner. He was like a heel uh, manager slash like ring announcer, and anyways, he comes back there and he's pissed, and he's like, "God damn it, Owen, get your goddamn fucking fans out of here!" You know, I don't care, give a shit who your dad is, you golden hair, fans. you know, he's just going off at him, and Owen picks me up and. And Owen's pissed, and he's like, you don't talk about my best friend, Matthew, like that. And he's like, his father, Earl, books us up here. You show <laughs> some respect. You know, and my brother and I are just like, holy shit, they're going to fight. Like, you know? Yeah. And 
And then, the, you know, it just uh, went, you know, whatever, Bulldog leaves. And then that's my brother and I like, holy shit, they almost fought. And never thought anything of it for years. Never thought anything of it. And then I got old enough to realize they were fucking pulling a work on us. Like, Oh, yeah, they totally worked just. Yeah. You know, like had no idea growing up. Just thought, holy shit, we almost caused a fight. And then, you know, later in life, going, holy shit, I called my brother up. I'm like, hey, do you remember? And my brother starts laughing. He's like, oh, my God. And I'm like, I bet fucking our dad and Owen fucking, you know, talked about, talked it out. And we're like, yeah, okay, we'll do it, you know. Yeah, of yeah, course, Owen did. Can you, Hey, you want to prank my kids? He's like, I oh, want to prank everyone, you know, like. It was great. You like, got you got ribbed. Just the way he picked me up and everything, you know, like, I was plus seven years old. And. Yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, you're my hero. Like, he's, that was funny. Now, uh, watching the, now, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure everybody knows, uh, this past weekend uh, when we're taping this, we're taping this uh, the day after, uh, the 23rd, uh, May 23rd is, is Owen Hart's death anniversary, and it is uh, 21 years to the day um, yesterday. And and Matt Billen is the only person who who is taking me to the Hart House. Uh, he is taking me uh, by by the by uh, the Owen's grave, which is beautiful. Um, and uh, he's also actually taking us uh, to the to the funeral home. And uh, we drove by the funeral home, and Matt told us has told us how crazy uh, the funeral and everything was. Um, oh before, man! Before we get yeah. to that though. Tell us what happened when you went to the Hart House and you were wearing your T-shirt and what happened there. Um, yeah, so that was a crazy death. Um, so anyways, that was back in like, oh, 87. And um, yes, yeah, so anyway, so excited yeah. that day. I go to bring my shirt. I'm wearing it. Yeah, and it's Christmas time, right? Around Christmas time or something oh, like that? No, no, it was spring break. Oh, spring break. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. British Columbia spring break. I think it was different at the time than Alberta. So, mm-hmm. anyway, so my my dad and I go by there, and they they're expecting us, and and uh, Owen's mom had like all these gifts for me, like uh, all these autographs and memorabilia, like so much stuff. I mean, she was so sweet, and she was just so taken back. She's like, "Oh my god, she couldn't believe my shirt, my you know my sweatshirt," because that Owen had never had a t-shirt at that point. You know, so and just and to to Helen and to Helen, she was like, you know, this is her baby. You know, yeah. so she's like in tears. She's like, oh my god, that's so sweet. So she calls Owen, and he was uh, he was roofing at the time, helping a buddy roof. And mm-hmm. so she's like, oh, you know, he's just finishing up, but oh, he's coming over. And like, and she was telling me right away. She's like, oh, she's like, when Martha sees this, Owen's when Owen's girlfriend sees this, she's gonna fucking try to take it from him. You know, and like. <laughs> And so sure enough, um, and then that's when we had coffee and we're waiting, killing time. And then Owen and Martha come and fucking, it was pretty funny. They were, she, she had offered me Owen's shirt, uh, like one of his dress shirts yeah, to trade it, trade it for, and there was just no way I was giving it away. Like it was my favorite gift ever. Yeah. And, you got it. You got it for Christmas. It was like, you're right. And it was, you're one of a kind. You could tell. Yeah. You could tell she wasn't joking, you know, like. She let it go, but it was pretty funny. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, no, and then, and then ever since then, I would always call him and, you know, we'd chat. Like, he was just such a great guy, you know, like, he was, uh, yeah, 
yeah, it was it was pretty pretty crazy. Um, we uh, so so that's crazy. So so you watched the um, the now this week they had the documentary uh, Beyond. I always want to say Beyond the Ring, but it's the the darkest. The dark, dark side of the dark ring. Dark side of the ring, and yeah. And the season, the season has been great. Uh, actually, it started off with the Chris Benoit murders, which was a two-part yeah. episode, and oh, and that was a tearjerker. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but you know they don't focus on the mur- like. I saw the uh, first first one, but yeah, the they focus on the survivors of the murder, like the you know Benoit's other son, um, and. Uh, Oh and, wow! And yeah, they, and like they Benoit's focus, dad. Yeah, they focus upon. I've seen a lot of interviews with the dad over the years. Yeah, and they focus on um, on uh, Benoit's uh, Nancy Benoit's sister as well, and oh, yeah. so and then they reconnect uh, David oh. uh, David Benoit, the Chris's son, and Nancy's sister, and they have not seen each other since before the murders, and oh. it's just like. It's so emotional. I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it, and it's just like, oh boy, oh boy, it's a it's a it's a tear fest, and uh, yeah. because not only were these people like they weren't victims of the murder, but they have been victims of the murder because oh, you know sure. especially for Chris Benoit's son, they well, just like a monster, dude. Chris Benoit's son looks looks exactly like him, exactly <laughs> like he. So he looks like a murderer. It's not pretty. Like, this guy has to live with being, like, in everybody's, like, Chris Benoit is such a, to anybody outside of wrestling, he's still a, he's, he's a murderer. Whereas in wrestling, you know, uh, it's different. People, you know, they they don't want well, him to be a murderer. But it is what it I is. Mean, there's There's people out there that hate wrestling so much that they actually think that the Benoit murders were fake. Oh really? Yeah. Well, they say it was a it was a like a Vince McMahon. Like they they wrote it out. This was a storyline that's well, just gone on too long. Well, it's it's you know it's it's it's, it's <laughs> well you're the conspiracy guy. You would know now all the time. <laughs> no, the big the big Benoit conspiracy is that it was Kevin Sullivan, uh, Benoit's old tag team partner slash Booker slash uh, ex husband of Nancy Benoit who. Yeah, you know, so there's this whole and 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 his character was a Satanist, by the way. So, uh, you know, the ongoing uh, rumor was uh, that Kevin Sullivan had something to do with the murders, and he was not available for comment when they filmed this. So the conspiracy yeah. continues. Wow. Um, I have a conspiracy uh, that I've come up with brand new to this show, and I thought I would get it prepared for you. Um, okay. I don't know if you know this, but after the Montreal screw job, which I have a conspiracy for that, um, I uh, after the Montreal screw job, Owen uh, was the only one that stayed behind, and uh, he was kind of locked into a contract. And then they doubled yeah. his money, like they gave him a really big contract for staying, because he could have yeah. just went AWOL, and right. uh, and he did stay. So then they had plans. Was the plans with Owen? were originally for him to step into Brett's shoes and be the Canadian role model. And they're like, he's a better wrestler than Brett. He's yeah. younger than Brett. Uh, like, like not younger, like yeah. 10 years younger. You know, like, yeah. so yeah. it makes sense to put him into Brett's shoes 
and fill that void that Brett that they're getting by Brett leaving. So the way to do that is Shawn Michaels is supposed to drop the European title to Owen Hart and get pinned by him one two three, because the way it works in wrestling is if you pin the, a guy on top, you're elevated to that level. As Owen was when he wrestled Brett at WrestleMania, he was not at Brett's level. He was just Brett's little brother, but by the end of that WrestleMania, Owen was a main event star and would main event with Brett all over the world. So, amongst others, Brett made him that star. So now it's Shawn Michaels' turn to make Owen Hart the new Bret Hart character. And... Here's what house and here's what happened. Now they also had the plans for Owen to a part of the thing was they were also going there now they were going to make him the rumors are a character that was all about oh that was Owen and everything was Owen and like but he was going to be the game. And eventually he never became the game. He never beat Shawn Michaels. Uh he was put into a tag team with Jeff Jarrett. And when he wouldn't participate in a yeah, in, a, in so an angle where De- where he's having an affair with Deborah, uh, they decided to make him the blue blazer again, and we all know where this path leads. My conspiracy yeah. is that Shawn Michaels and Hunter Hearst Helmsley, aka the fucking Click, who did not like the Hearts, that they conspired, that they conspired. And they decided they weren't going to put him over, and nobody's going to hear about this game thing. So we're going to we're just going to not put him over. And they didn't. And they and they didn't put him over. And by yeah. doing so, I'm holding the click responsible for the death of Owen Hart. That's what that's what my conspiracy is. Because yeah. because you know uh, <laughs> if they would have done it. Owen Hart would have never been the Blue Blazer, and he would have never been coming into the ring like Sting. He wouldn't have been the joke that the Blue Blazer was in the end. He would have, like, you know, it's sad that he had to go back into the comedy, into the comedy yeah. character when he was a fucking I mean, main event star. Or, or is Vince just such a cocksucker and so vindictive and evil? Well, that's that that's the he thing. He put Owen in harm's way and was going to eventually kill him to some degree no matter what well and it's just whether that's so the thing is literally or you know or not but i think vince is just so you know like he's just so petty that i don't think that's why he locked him into that contract wasn't gonna let him out yeah he was just gonna run him through hell like make brett and then knowing that brett would feel responsible for every single thing vince did to him well that's the thing too is like it's like um, uh, when 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 Hunter and, and Brett would conspire. To, I mean, and uh, Sean would conspire conspire to do this. They knew number one, if they do it, it's going to piss Brett off. And yeah. even if they don't do it, it's going to piss Brett off. So you know, like the motive there is to piss Brett off while he's in WCW, and the same with Vince probably. So there could be conspiracies made involving the death of uh, Owen. Now, with that, the dark side of the ring does not go into that. It just does the facts. And uh, it's very compelling to hear Owen's kids 
uh, talk. Like one part was before Owen left to go on that specific trip. Right. He told Oge to take care of Martha. Take care of. And all that, and everybody's like, yeah, "Why would that. he? Why would he say at that time?" And I was like, "It's obvious he wasn't fucking comfortable with the stunt he had to do, but he was too much of yeah. a man and a good employee to make a yeah. fucking fuss about it." You all know? Right. Uh-uh. Yeah. If they just fucking hooked him in, it's no big deal. Oh. Like they keep comparing him to Sting, but there's nothing compared to Sting. No, Sting had you know professional Sting was rigors. In and- yeah, and did it, uh, you know, hundreds of times. Like, it's so well, sad to think to think when they, she shows that clip, like the 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 clip that that held Owen Hart. Like, yeah, the nautical fucking device. It's yeah, like, the quick release. It's like so ridiculous. This is not made for suspending humans for a lengthy amount of time in air. No, no, not no. at all. Not at all. Like he should. And that's the thing too with Sting. I'm sure when Sting when Sting ascended from the ceiling, he just stepped out and and ascended. He wasn't there suspended in air waiting for the drop. Like yeah. that, Owen was set out there, and then he had to wait for the cue. And you know what? And it, and he didn't fucking open the latch. It faulted yeah, on him. Thing is his cape. His cape might have been. That's what they say, into it. but that was never mentioned yeah. in the special. They said his cape no, might have hit it. They really, they really, same with, they didn't even really go into how great of a prankster Owen was and a family man. And, you yeah. Know, they're kind of quick, quick moving. I, I, mean, saw, I thought it, to see I thought it should have been a two-parter. I thought it should have yeah, been a two-parter. I, I think it should have been a two-parter for sure. Yeah. Um, but. But I, I'll tell yeah. you right now. Uh, as far as Martha is concerned with the Hall of Fame and stuff like that, I am um, I'm I'm on board. I'm with her. I was, oh, I'm a hundred percent. I I always thought that that was good to you know. To me, I, I like where she's coming from on that. It's like, yeah, why would they? You know, why? So somebody that they didn't care enough to you know to put in the right professionals, so they jeopardize his life. Dude, care enough to have him. Somebody, you know, somebody that they didn't even care enough to stop the fucking show. That's the biggest thing. Like, can you, like, the fact that it wasn't treated like a crime scene. Exactly. Like, the city police should have been fucking held responsible as well. The, the police. How did they come in? The police should have shut it down. They should have right shut away. it down and said, this is a crime scene. This Absolutely. Is a, a, this is a potential crime scene, and this 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 night is over. You know, like, can you imagine right. walking out of there and finding out that Owen Hart's dead and then and then how sick you must feel for sitting through the rest of it after you watched him die? Like and maybe that's actually what it was. Like maybe that's really a conspiracy that there was criminal shit going on. You know, and then that that extra hour fucking helps cover their tracks. Like who knows? It's I I don't know. And the thing is it's it's insane. And so for Martha to say, and, and the amount, I always thought it was like $30 million, But she got $17 million, and it was a settlement. And so for her, like, I love where she said, you know, I took the money. And by taking the money that says I hold Vince McMahon and the WWE responsible for the death of my husband. Yeah. It's as simple as that. What more? So if she goes back to work with them, she becomes a hypocrite. 
you know? Right. And it's and, 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 and as far as the fans go, for wanting Owen in, if they don't understand it by now, it's like you're yeah. just a selfish, entitled fan. Yeah. You know what? Like, as, there's, you don't, first of all, the Hall of Fame doesn't even fucking exist. It's in Vince's yeah. mind, and it's on a website. You know, you can make your own website dedicated to Owen Hart and put him in his own fucking Hall of Fame. You know, like yeah. there, you, there's there's tons of Owen footage on on the on the network. There's an Owen DVD set. You know, but if he goes in the Hall of Fame, they're gonna sell out an arena on his name going into the hall. And where does yeah. all that money go to? It doesn't go to yeah. it doesn't go to the Owen Hart Foundation. And that's weird naming yeah. naming the. I name in the charity the Owen Hart Foundation. I'm like, oh, actually, it's just perfect because I forgot the 97 Hart Foundation. So it does make sense. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it'd be funny if they called it Owen's Hart Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was the thing, too. I wish they had more, more clips of him. And I wish they would have explained uh, the actual, the actual what, how he actually died because yeah. they didn't even explain that, that uh, his heart, heart his, his heart the the ventricle ripped apart from his heart and the blood filled his chest and lungs and he died of internal bleeding and yeah. down and Martha Hart in the book the last line is the fucking tearjerker she's like Owen Hart died of a broken heart and that's something that I have to live with every day of my life and I was like oh boy here come the waterworks you know <laughs> like like and it's true it's true. Yeah. Um, what was the now? You were at the funeral. Uh, what was that experience like? That he said there was like two hundred limousines, and they said it oh, was. Yeah. They said it was like a presidential funeral. Absolutely. Like, and that the whole city was shut down basically for it. And, and how, uh, how many how many people were outside of the funeral home? Oh, they had loudspeakers thousands. blasting yeah. the fucking the funeral. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, absolutely. So they had it all announced, like, what was going on inside. It was all uh, on speakers outside. And there was thousands. I mean, I wouldn't even know where to, how to guess. Like, for sure, like, 10, 15,000 surrounding the funeral home, but I would guess more. But just as far as the eye could see. And, and then just so many limos, because all, uh, all the wrestlers, and they're larger than life. And, yeah. Like, you know, Undertaker, The Rock. Uh, mankind, like just all of them. Hulk Hogan, um, you know, getting the meat Hulk at, at the at the Hard House after was pretty crazy, and like just seeing just how everybody was genuinely somber over it. Yeah, it's not like it was just any wrestler died. You know, it's always bad if somebody dies, but you could just tell it was. Well, what did, what did, what do you, do you remember what uh, what Terry said to you? Oh, Mr. Boulay, uh, he, uh, fuck, it was funny. My dad started the conversation because I was too intimidated. And he uh, goes up and introduced himself to, to Hulk. And so he starts talking to us. And I look I look back, and my dad's gone. He just started the conversation and walked away. So it was just uh, Hulk and I. And Hulk asked me, he's like, hey, because you don't know what everyone was to everybody at the yeah. funeral, right? You're, you're just at the back of the wake. It was like, you know, just curious, like, oh, is he family or whatever? And she goes, oh, what was Owen to you? And so here I am telling Hulk Hogan that Owen Hart was my favorite wrestler growing up. 
And it was so funny how halfway through saying it, I'm like, wait a second. I mean, I was a fan of Hulk as well, obviously. Ooh, yeah, Hulk everybody Mania was. Growing up. But it's so funny. So I cut myself off. I'm like, I go, you know, oh, I was a big fan of yours as well. And he, and he starts laughing. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, he goes, you, you chose your, you know, you chose your hero well. He's like, he's like, oh, and he's like, even different, you know. And we're standing outside. They had it all catered with tents at the Hart House. And uh, um, he looks around the yard. He's like, he goes, you look around this yard. And he goes, all these wrestlers have track records up to here. And he turns and he goes, he was including myself. He goes, I'm no saint. He goes, but Owen, he was different. You know, and he just started to get teared up and takes his glasses off. And yeah, it was a pretty, pretty emotional moment. You know, and he's like, but Owen, he was different. He goes, it's such, such a shame of all people. Why did it have to take Owen? Yeah, it's yeah. it's so sad. And it's, uh, I got chills when you told me that story there right now. Just uh, get a little goosebumps. Uh, yeah, and just like, and, I, oh, and the funny thing is, like, how Hulk stopped himself and said, you know, hey, including myself, I'm no saint. And at the time, I was like, well, that was weird to say that. Right? Nobody because knew. To me, Nobody knew. Yeah, like, nothing had come out at that point. This is in 99. Now, it seems like in the last 10 years, we're used to seeing Hulk Hogan cry. He, you yeah. know, whether it be all the stuff that he's went through with, you know, his son oh, going to jail and, uh, and the controversies yeah, of the sex tape and his wife. You yeah. know, he, I like I've seen Hogan count cry countless times, but like we're talking Hollywood Hogan, the heavyweight yeah. champ back in the day, he's still in right. the prime. You know, this is WCW's Hollywood Hogan at the time, and yeah. he was in that bandana and he had the you know the dyed fucking uh, beard and yeah, and he's probably all in black, a suit black suit. Right, he was imagine. all in black. Yeah, like yeah. the only, as far as I remember. WWE filmed the funeral and they filmed everything and uh yeah which which also must have upset Martha. Um I know Well she she, she invited them there and, and I was so surprised that they came to the hard house after. I was like, Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right? Like Yeah. To me I was like, the balls on these guys. And then it made sense after I heard Martha talk and she's like, I invited them specifically. She's like, I wanted them to see what they did. Yeah. Well she she's put like, the I wanted f- him to she you put know? the casket was- at the back of the funeral parlor, so the minute you walked in, you're hit with the casket. It's like, wow, it's rolling here. But unfortunately, yeah. her plans backfired because the man's came through a side door, <laughs> and and they came through the front. So they were at the front, but they didn't really have to look at the at the casket because the casket was at the back, apparently. It's weird. It's hard not to think of that place every time I drive by in Calgary. Yeah, the Kennison Hallway. It's right on the Elbow. Yeah, it's yeah, right it on the sad. it's right on the corner of Elbow. It is the Elbow, right? You know, it's on Elbow Drive. Yeah. Um, that's just insane. yeah. What a sad day. I mean, can you, can you believe it's been twenty one years? And you know, the crazy thing is, is uh, so almost to the exact date, fucking Vince McMahon does an in your house wrestling in Calgary. Yes. May 27th, 2000. So I go to it, right, thinking, and I only went to it just to see if they honored Owen. Like, yeah. that was the only reason. By that point, I was so off of wrestling, I was like, fuck you all, like, mm-hmm. fuck Vince, I'm never supporting this again. So I go to it just to see if they say anything about Owen. Of course they don't. So I'm furious, you know, I'm pissed. I come yeah. home from wrestling to, I was going to call my dad right away to let him know, like, I'm fucking mad and he'd be choked too. And uh, that's when I found out my dad died. Jesus. 
Yeah. Like almost the exact to date, the year later of Rowan. And the only person that really helped me get through Owen's death, like, because at that point, nobody had died in my life. Like, yeah. Owen was like my hero growing up and like kind of like a, I don't know, like that cool uncle or cousin or, you know, like just mentor and fucking. Yeah. So my dad was the only one that really understood how much I would have taken, you know, how hard of a hit that was. So he met me in Calgary and went to the funeral with me into the heart house to the wake. And so, yeah, what is, yeah. So May's always a weird month, you know? It's always like a fuck. All yeah, right. it totally is. It totally is. Yeah, it's, you know, and it was a weird day. Like, I remember the day. It was like yesterday. And I don't know, maybe it's because of the documentary that came out this week. Uh, but I rem- like, you know, I re- I'm remembering the day. Well, I remember it vividly. I have pictures. I was at the hockey game in the afternoon. Bret Hart, a Calgary hitman. And I got to meet Bret Hart and I got an autograph. And yeah. And they and and the hitman lost, and the sixty sevens won. And I drove to Iron Prior. Brett flew to L.A. You know, I wa- I went home and I watched the pay per view with my mom and my sister. I you know I I, I and then I so watched, that weekend you that weekend you had met Brett. Yeah. Oh no, I, I was no, I was stalking Brett that whole week because <laughs> Brett was at <laughs> uh, at the yeah. memorial. He was there for the whole Memorial Cup on the Tuesday night. I was too chicken to go meet him. So I gave my friend my hitman glasses, and I said, "Get these signed for me." And the friggin', I were all these fans there, and then Brett was like, "Let that one through," and it was my buddy with my glasses. So he let him through, and he signed the glasses because everybody was getting Memorial Cup, like Memorial Cup fucking programs autographed. But yeah, like yeah. this guy, but I knew I'm like Brett has to be at the hitman game. Like, it wasn't announced that he was in town or anything. I just thought he's a part owner. They're the fucking hitman. He's got to yeah. be there. And then, sure enough, from my seats, I spotted him. And I fucking, between watching, I didn't even need binoculars to watch the hockey game. But I bought binoculars so I could watch Bret Hart eat popcorn. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I saw him Tuesday night. I got that uh, the glasses autographed. And then on the Saturday in the, or the Sunday in the finals, I brought the 1986 WWF magazine, Brett's first cover by himself. And I brought that. And uh, I got through, and he signed it. And I was so fucking happy that I finally met Bret Hart. You know, and then I just, you know, I'm sure he was happy. And then, you know, how we both fucking went to bed that night, not happy at all. Like, it was... You know, it was just horrible, and he found out the pilots horrible. told him. You That's know, right. he was like midway in the air. Yeah, like how you don't tell me airlines don't gossip who's on their fucking planes. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're like uh, Bret Hart's on that plane. We should tell him. You know, like <laughs> can you imagine the stewardess inviting you up? And this is like it's pre nine eleven, so he probably went into the fucking cockpit, and they probably told yeah, him right in there before. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it, it, it is insane, and he didn't even make that appearance on the Tonight Show. They brought in Hogan to to pitch yeah. it type thing, but that's you know, right. but that uh, fo- but thank you for sharing the stories, Matt. I do appreciate it. Yeah, um, buddy. yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, and this isn't the only link Matt has to wrestling. For those who don't know, Matt has also done uh, tours with Jake the Snake Roberts, and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they well, uh, have they have their own stories too, and that's a whole other episode, you know. Like, 
to be honest. I'd love to do it. We'll have to do it sober this time. Yeah. <laughs> we can play a little bit of next we Most of the drunken episode, that the lost tape of Talking Wrestling, is Matt telling us about his tour with Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, it's current. Jake's back in back in business. He is in AEW, and he's on weekly. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, he's on week. He's working through the quarantine, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's had every disease demand, so he's okay. He's immune. Oh, yeah. uh, um, oh yeah, that guy's that guy's living till a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, where uh, where can we uh, where can we find you online and uh, where can the people see you? Well, where can uh, where can they see you next, Matt? <laughs> let me see. Uh, you can go on YouTube, GTFO8 Show. Um, so GTFO8 handle on uh, Instagram. Um, I'll be in uh, at the House of Comedy coming up uh, in June, June fourth to seventh. First first weekend back doing shows. Cool. Pretty stoked on that. Yeah. And uh, other than that, uh, yeah, I'll just be, I'll just be locked. It's quarantined. It's late now, eh? Well, How's it out there? How is it out here? Uh, well, we're gonna just, go into this. We're gonna get locked down again because. Um, oh yeah, you're ten thousand people elevating it up, aren't you? Yeah, ten. No, ten thousand. Yeah, ten thousand people <laughs> decided to have a party yesterday, and uh, fucking idiots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry about it. Not because I wasn't invited, uh, but because... Well, I mean, Casey, you got to keep in mind, I mean, this coronavirus is killing uh, a lot of 85-year-olds, so it's pretty scary. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, how would you like it to be 85 and pass away? Right? That's not nice. Well, no, well... I, I don't even. I don't even. Five is a fresh young age. I don't even think. I don't even think I'm gonna make it to eighty-five. Uh, I'll just <laughs> say that right now. I'm probably gonna clock out around seventy-two. Uh, you know, hey, seventy-two is a great fucking. That's a good run. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with 52 it. Fifty-two and over would be amazing. Yeah, I'm well fifty-two and over. Yeah, I'm 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 a few years away for from me, that right now. <laughs> Oh boy! Uh, so there we go. And uh, online, well, yeah, GTO. What's the next episode going to be? Of uh, get the fuck out of here. Um. Well, I I don't normally let it out of the bag before. You son um, of a there's, bitch! There's, there's Tell me three, as soon as we go off the three air. I'm working on. It's taken me a while to get back into it. You know, yeah. To be honest. So, um. So I got three on the go. All right. And uh, anyway, thanks for having me on, Kay. Hey, uh, stick around. Stick. On, hold on the line. I'm gonna wrap this up and. Uh, and just hold on the line for a second. Uh, we'll get all your information and uh, get you that prize. Uh, folks, awesome. thank you uh, for letting us put a headlock on your ears and join us another here. Uh, join us here on another episode of Talking Wrestling. And uh, we'll talk at you next week uh, with another week of Wrestling Talk from the good people here at Never Sleeps Networks, Talking Wrestling. Until then, have a great one. Have a great staycation. Stay safe. Stay home. Uh, be the quarantine dream. And uh, we're out of here. Adios.
Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. 